We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Come on in and pull yourself up a chair, like Cherry. Let the fun begin. It's time to let down your hair. We are so excited because all our friends have been invited, that's you, to go wacky at the S4 podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the S4 podcast. I am Monster, and I'm very excited to talk about one of my favorite things. But joining me, we have the Wacky Sarge. Say hello. Howdy. And the always comical danger. Hi. Bringing the A-game tonight to discuss P is for Pee-wee's Playhouse. So when we're saying wacky, which type of wacky are are we discussing here? Like wacky or wacko? We're talking about the children's show that was a lot of fun. From the 80s and early 90s. The that was hosted. Mm-hmm, that was hosted by Mr. Paul Rubens. This is not P for Paul Rubens. This isn't R for Rubens. This is Pee-wee's Playhouse. We're, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk right. about Pee-wee's Playhouse, the TV show. Let's now, go. Can I be Cowboy Curtis? <laughs> Everybody wants to be Cowboy Curtis. He's. I'm Captain Carl. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Sarge, let's start with you. Um, you would have been in your 30s when this first aired. Do you have any uh, personal connection to Pee Wee's Playhouse? I remember Pee Wee's Playhouse as a kid. And if you keep throwing out them age jokes, I am just going to throw something out. It's not going to be well. I promise you. Oh, oh, sounds like a threat. You know, because cause, cause didn't Jared host a kid show too? No, he hawked Jared sandwiches. And if you try to put Jared and Paul Rubens in the same category, you're the monster. They're probably in the same cell. They're not even close. Paul Rubens isn't in jail. He's he's still an active like member of the Actors Guild. Oh yeah, yeah, Hmm. yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because what he did was pretty minor compared to what Jared did. Yeah, but you go ahead and eat your footlongs and think about that danger. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Anything nice to say about Pee Wee's Playhouse? I remember watching it when I was a kid. Um, we had a Pee Wee Herman plushie doll in our house for years. Was that the one with the string that it would talk? Was. It was. Uh, yeah, my older brother loved Pee Wee's Playhouse, loved Pee Wee. We uh, had Pee Wee all over the house when we were kids. I he dressed up as Pee Wee Herman for Halloween one year. I know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a picture floating around about it somewhere. So I'll get it to you fellas if I can find it. If I can dig it up. But I think he actually had like my mom had made like pin the bow tie on Pee Wee for like a birthday oh, party or something like that. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. So your I, mom is like hella crafty. So I can see her is. doing that. She is. She is hella crafty. That's true. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse uh, and Pee Wee Herman were a big part of uh, of our house. 
I personally was not the fan that Mulder Brother was. <laughs> didn't have <laughs> the didn't have a, a costume. Didn't have a plushie that spoke and all that. But I did. <laughs> I did like it. I liked it more in my later years when I got to like mm-hmm. look back at it and go, "This was a little bit messed up." But you know. I will say this is another prime example of that late eighties, early nineties kind of show that there's a whole lot on the surface to enjoy, but there is some subliminal stuff. <laughs> there's some just stuff that goes bit. over the kids' heads. But but I will say, just like when we talked about um in passing, when we talked about Ren and Stimpy, some of the stuff that people associate with Pee Wee's Playhouse is stuff they remember from either the movies or from the HBO specials. Because the the actual show Pee Wee's Playhouse was 100% geared toward children and has very little suggestive humor. I mean, there is a little bit, but it's more in the like crude, silly way than any kind of like, put it this way. On the HBO special, there's a part where they put mirrors on their shoes to look up Miss Yvonne's dress. They weren't doing that on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, So I want to say what we watched in our house was Pee Wee's Playhouse before it went to HBO because we didn't have HBO growing up. We didn't have cable growing up. And and HBO was one of those you had to literally pick up the phone, call your TV provider to get that particular show. And then it would show up on your on your uh, parents' uh, cable bill, and there'd be a lot of questions asked. I don't I don't remember that. I thought it was like you just paid for HBO and you got to watch. It. I don't know. We didn't have HBO, uh, so I don't back. Know. In, I mean, I got in trouble like back in the late '80s, early '90s because I wanted to watch a show that was only on HBO, and like you you literally had to call in and talk to a human being. And the guy on the I remember the guy on the phone was like, "God forbid, sure? talk to a human." Yeah, could right. just guy, text him or send him an email. Ugh. Well, the great thing was, is the guy was like, Do "Your parents know that you're trying to order this show," and I yes, was like, "Hold sir. on a second. I was like, "Hold on a second. Hey, Dad, do you care if I get this show? Yeah, not a problem. See, you heard him right there. He's like, "Okay." <laughs> Excuse me, little boy. Are you sure you're old enough to order Real Sex Seven from HBO? <laughs> yeah, my dad said it's okay. <laughs> you were the inspiration for the. Uh, talk boy in Home Alone Two. <laughs> Critical you know, coming you know, right as it up. Goes, I mean, as it comes to Pee Wee's Playhouse, I could only watch Pee Wee's Playhouse in small spurts. Never really watched a complete full episode, and it's not because the episode wasn't eye catching. It was just I couldn't stand the voice. Uh, yeah, and I and I will say that there are certain shows from this era that. Even if you didn't love it, you could be like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah. that's cute. That's fun. But but Pee-wee's Playhouse is a, a very particular brand. It's either you get it or you don't. And it's not for everybody. No. Um, but that kind of weird nonsense was right up my alley. And yet again, this was another one of those things that my dad also really enjoyed. Um, and we would watch together and we were laughing at some of the same things, but oftentimes different things. <laughs> You'd hear your dad cackle in the background and you're like, what's so funny? So Sarge said something that I think is interesting. I can't think of many TV shows. I can think of one other TV show where the person's voice turns me off. From I can think of more bands that I don't like because of the person's <laughs> yeah. voice. But like the only other one is The Nanny. 
I, I knew you were going to say Fran yeah. Dresser from the nanny. I knew yeah. that. It's not a hard one to like guess that somebody's going to go with because she was yeah. just so bad. But as far as TV shows, the voice of a of an actor or something like that, I can't think of. Maybe maybe everybody loves Raymond because I hate Ray Romano's voice. <laughs> but. Oh my gosh, Paul Reiser's voice does me in. Now I didn't mind Fran Dresser from the nanny. But that's just because it's like Shire. Yeah, that's Dresher. Dresher, yeah. I yeah, she a Hobbit. She is today. She's from um, the Dresshire. <laughs> I didn't mind. I didn't mind her voice because she was kind of good to look at when you were a younger kid. You were like, yeah, okay, I could deal with that. But you know, as a as a as a as a growing man back then, I didn't look at Pee Wee and be like, yeah, yeah, no, that just this wasn't my bag. Yeah. It's such a uh, that's it's fair. Such that's a fair. Yeah. So I really want to talk about the show more than anything, but in order to get to the show, we kind of got to go through a little bit of Paul Rubens life. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Paul Rubens is the titular character of Pee Wee Herman. He was born August 27th, 1952. Uh, he lived, he was born in New York, but spent a lot of time in Florida. From a very early age, he really loved things like uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. I love Lucy. And by the age of five, he was already like acting out plays and trying to make his friends and family laugh. As he got older, he went to the California Institute of Arts. Um, he was a he worked in in kitchens. He was a door to door salesman. And in 1970 is when he started his like comedy journey. He started doing local comedy clubs, and he actually appeared four times on the gong show. So I, I just had this thing <laughs> go through my head where like Pee Wee Herman actually shows up and is like, do you want to buy a vacuum? <laughs> <laughs> that was not bad. That was uh, not a bad impression. I feel like it was more Bobcat Goldthwait than Pee Wee Herman. But... So around this time, uh, Rubens joins an improv comedy troupe known as the Groundlings. Yeah. Um, the Groundlings are are kind of like the most famous improv group outside of maybe like whose line is it anyway. A lot of really popular comedians got their start here. Just to name a few, uh, Chris Kattan, Maya <laughs> Rudolph, Chris Purnell, um, Lisa Kudrow, John Lovitz. Basically, first- a lot of people from the Groundlings went to SNL. And Okay, okay. SNL yeah. will come up later, and right. that is accurate. I didn't flub that. Chris Another Kattan, what a horrible human being. <laughs> he was he was really good at one thing. Being annoying me, no more. Um, and one other notable person from uh from the Groundlings, Cassandra Peterson. Do y'all know who that is? Uh, uh no. Uh, Elvira. Elvira. Right. Yes. Yeah, Elvira. In 1978, Rubens creates this character uh, that he. Sorry, I'm getting mad at my camera because it's not focusing. Go on. Sorry. Start over. In 1978, Rubens creates the character of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, He got some help from his buddy, Phil Hartman. Um, Oh, Phil. Phil. Oh, yeah. Phil Hartman is is an absolute treasure. He's Troy McClure on The Simpsons, and he's uh, Captain Carl in Pee-wee's Playhouse. Zach Brannigan. He was supposed to be Zach Brannigan, but he is not, because he died before the star- show started. So, Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. he was, the, Zach Brannigan was written for him, and uh, he died before the show started. Now, what show is, now what show is that? Futurama. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. 
Now I've read, I've read some books uh, about Pee Wee's Playhouse and um, Cassandra Peterson has said that she kind of helped come up with the character too, but Rubens never really uh, mentions that when he talks about uh, the character. Um, he mostly credits Phil Hartman. Uh, Phil Hartman and, and Paul Rubens were really good buddies. Um, and he got the name Pee Wee, Pee Wee Herman as a combination of Pee Wee brand one inch harmonicas. And Herman was the last name of a really energetic boy he knew when he was growing up. The first small gray suit he wore was handmade by Groundling founder Gary Austin. And as far as the bow tie goes, Ruben, Ruben claims somebody just handed it to him before a performance. He put it on and it kind of just stuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, improv right there. Improv right there. Exactly. Exactly. So in 19, uh, 1980, Paul Rubens auditioned for Saturday Night Live, but he didn't get it. Yeah. Instead, the role went to Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, God. Oh, Not Bobcat. I didn't realize he was on SNL. He did a brief stint on, S on SNL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and basically the producers said that, you know, they're not exactly the same, but the Rubens energy and the Gilbert Gottfried energy kind of hits the same marks. So they, they didn't need so. both of them. I mean, to lose out to Gilbert Gottfried for anything, you got to walk away feeling like a big turd. I uh, know. Um, I mean, that's like, that's like. I think with the Gilbert Gottfried when they brought him on the SNL, I think I can't remember what he was coming off of, but he had some a little bit of hype behind him back in the early eighties, late seventies, early eighties. So I remember, uh, maybe I don't, I don't remember. I have to look. But but this was sort of the motivation to to turn Pee Wee Herman into its own brand because basically Rubens was so pissed off that he didn't get the role that he borrowed some money and he basically started his own show in Los Angeles called the Pee Wee Herman show. He, he brought some of his buddies from the groundlings, John Perrigan, Phil Hartman, Lean Marie uh, Stewart, who uh, all of these end up being on Pee Wee's Playhouse as well. And he started doing shows at the Roxy Theater. They did five sellout months. And what they did was, this was really cool, they would do midnight shows for adults and then weekly matinees for children. Now, what you mentioned earlier, Sarge, was in 1981, HBO aired the Pee Wee Herman show, which is sort of the world's introduction to him. And it was a little bit more, I, I, would, I would give it a PG-13. Mm -hmm. It was Nothing, a bit more risque. Yes, nothing vulgar, nothing offensive, but it tiptoed that line for sure. It's it's kind of like it it had a bit of the I don't know like Toy Story Shrek sense of humor that was for kids, but there were jokes that were for the parents kind of thing. Like I, you know, I brought up the shoe mirrors earlier. That whole bit. So Missy Vaughn's getting ready to walk in the door. Uh, it's it's Pee Wee and his buddy Hammy, who's not on Pee Wee's Playhouse. He was just on the uh, theater show. Um, and they say, hey, Missy Vaughn's coming. Uh, Missy Vaughn's coming. And they look at each other and say, shoe mirrors. So they run and put these mirrors on their shoes and they run up to her and they start like 
they're staring down at their feet instead of her. And they're like, Hey, Miss Yvonne, how are you? It's nice to see you. And they're like trying to angle their foot, you know, so they can look up her dress. And she goes, boys, I'm not wearing any underwear. And so they both look at each other and they go, nah. And they take the mirrors off and walk away. <laughs> okay. Weird stuff like that. Um, but I th- now I would think that the no underwear. That's would- the joke. That's the joke. Because at the end of the day, the idea behind Pee Wee Herman was he was this childlike presence. Even though it was a grown man, it was kind of trapped in this child kind of mentality. Um, He was childish. Yeah, but not just like a grown man acting childish, more like a childish adult or something. Isn't that the same thing? Basically, Basically, he's Tom Hanks. And big. In big, in big, right? Sp- specifically in big, not, not Tom Hanks in general. <laughs> no, not like not like Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. Like Tom Hanks in big. <laughs> Tom of, Hanks and Forrest Gump was slow. Of all the Tom Hanks references you could have used, I was going to go with Castaway. You went with Forrest Gump. Okay, Fantastic. not like Harry Met Sally. Not like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Just oh, jeez, oh, moving wow. on. So. Of all the Tom Hanks, right? (laughs) Yeah. So after uh, the 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 stage show, we're moving on from Tom Hanks. After the uh, HBO, I don't want to move on no more, boss. (sighs) After the popularity of the HBO special, Pee Wee Herman started popping up on in Cheech and Chong movies and was he? I don't remember. Yeah, he was in uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie and Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Real small, real smart part, uh, small parts. And at this point, he started to uh, do the late night circuit with David Letterman and doing like guest appearances and stuff. And what was really interesting was he started to kind of pull away from Paul Rubens. He he didn't want there to be hey, here's Paul Rubens playing the character of Pee Wee Herman. He wanted people to look at him and go, oh, hey, look, there's Pee Wee Herman. Right. He wanted to be known as the character, not the man and the character. Pretty like much. Prince. Prince didn't want to be Prince and the symbol. He just wanted to be the symbol. <laughs> yes. A long, uh, long discussion, but... <laughs> yeah, so basically, if you take nothing away from this first part... Pee Wee Herman is basically like Tom Hanks meets Prince. You got it. That's that's Pee Wee Herman. He's Tom Prince. <laughs> I was going to say Prince Hanks, but whatever. Um, so, 1985, a cute little film came out by the name of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. This could be its whole own episode. Absolutely. So, we're not going to get super deep into it, but the Basically, Warner Brothers saw the Pee Wee Herman show, the stage show, and liked it so much that they hired Rubens to write a script for a full-length Pee Wee Herman film. Um, There was a couple ideas tossed around, and eventually they settled on what would become the plot for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Paul Rubens and the producers saw Tim Burton's work on Vincent and Frankenweenie, and they chose him to direct the film because they liked his style. Just because this is always so much fun to do. They had a $7 million budget. Do you know what it grossed 
domestically in theaters? 20. Higher. 40. 40 million, almost $41 million. That's a return, especially for like Tim Burton in the beginning of his career, really. And even at this time, I, I mean, I think most people would consider Pee Wee Herman a bit of a cult figure, even more so at this point, because he had made television appearances and had been on HBO, but he wasn't like the household name right. that he becomes after that. Well, I mean, the uh, the movie definitely helped him to become that because very, very rarely in, in I guess, movie, TV history, whatever, do you have the TV show, excuse me, the movie become the TV show, but this was a TV show become a movie, become a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Basically, becomes yeah, an action was, figure. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it started off, it started as a stage play, became a, a feature length right. film, yeah. and then became a television show, yeah. which is where we're at now. So in 1986, CBS reached out to Paul Rubens and pitched a cartoon series. They turned it down. They didn't like that idea. And he basically said what he wanted to do was a live action Saturday morning children's show. And he wanted to call it Pee Wee's Playhouse. And CBS agreed. He basically asked for total creative control. And CBS gave basically carte blanche a few tweaks here or there but it's mostly what paul rubens had in his mind is what you see on the screen yeah i i know i know i was just trying to finish my sentence please go ahead oh okay so back to back to pb's big adventure wasn't i i know in the 80s it was like the movie title plus a catchphrase wasn't the catchphrase for like that movie like it was on like the 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 boards and it was like Something totally not him. It was like a rebel and like, the adventure of a rebel and his bike or something like that. Probably. I kind of glossed over this, but the um, the original pitch for Pee Wee's Big Adventure was a remake of Pollyanna, which I, I don't I don't even I don't know, know what that, that film is. is. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's Paul Rubin's favorite film. So he was going to do Pollyanna starring Pee Wee Herman. And I don't I don't even know what that means, but. When they were on this the lot of Warner Brothers, everybody had a bicycle. Everybody rode a bicycle from stage to lot to yeah. everything. So that's where he was like, "We need to incorporate a bike, bike. into this," and yeah. that's where the the story kind of came from. And second, when it comes to the uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, it had Elizabeth Daly in it. For those people who don't know, Elizabeth Daly played the voice of one of my favorite characters in the Powerpuff Girls. So I just looked it up and I found um promotional poster from uh the 35th anniversary tour with Paul Rubens they did where they toured around uh Pee-wee's Big Adventure and it's uh the story of a rebel with his bike. A rebel okay. I thought, excuse me, the story yep. of a okay. rebel and his bike. And his yeah. bike. Okay, it's not with his bike. And, okay. Cuz I thought I remembered something like that as well so I wanted to look it up. But so um so after the success of the film uh CBS reaches out to him. They start this TV show and Rubens assembles a cast using a lot of his groundlings buddies uh, that we brought up earlier. Some of the most notable ones are Phil Hartman, who became Captain Carl, John Paragon, who became Jombie the Genie. Jombie the Genie. <laughs> Mecca Lecca High, Mecca Heidi Ho. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, it was good of him to like take his friends with him. Yeah, no, and and most of these people do more than just play a character on the show. I'm sure. Um, then you've got Lynn Marie Stewart, who was Missy Vaughn, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, he he was uh, Cowboy Curtis. Um, what beautiful curly hair he had! It was magnificent. And then you might not know this person by name. Uh, it's S. Apatha Merkerson, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, she, Law and Order. Law, law, no, Law, law and Order. One Where's of those shows. Say? What the, did you say to me? What, uh, what, God what, bless you. No. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, say your name again. Apatha Merkerson. Oh, no. There's a, a Mershka Hargitay is on there. I just heard Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> she plays Reba the Mail Lady. Um, and she's she's really awesome. And, yes, yeah, Sarge, I, I don't know if it's Law and Order, but it's one of those kind of shows. Yes, um, it's, it's Law and Order and uh, 2012's Lincoln. Okay, she pops up often, more more so than some of these other people. Um, she's she's one of those people that, like, I'll just be watching something, and she just pops up randomly. And I always yeah. like, it's Reba the Mail Lady. And <laughs> everyone asked me to leave the theater. As so, you do. So Pee-wee's Playhouse was designed as an educational show. Um, the idea was to be entertaining and outlandish, but at the heart of it was to teach good morals and manners and stuff like that. It was more influenced by shows from the 1950s, like Howdy Doody and Captain Kangaroo, and even like the Mickey Mouse Club. Because yeah, a little bit, but both of the clown was sort of one note where these other shows were a little bit more, I don't want to say variety, but um, for anybody that's never seen Pee-wee's Playhouse, it is an ADHD kid's fever dream because it literally jumps from Pee-wee running through his house being silly to talking furniture to the king of cartoons showing up, showing some like 1920s rubber band animation to I mean it's just non-stop overload. It's the 1980s blues clues. That's exactly what it is. More or less. Kinda, yeah, kinda, but there's still like it's this amalgamation of live action witty comedy with cartoon segments, <laughs> puppets, like all kinds of so oh it's goodness. basically like Blues Clues with like a whole bunch of like Bozo the Clown. Um, it's almost like it's Pee-wee's almost Playhouse. like it was his own thing. Yeah, yeah. There's there's very nightmare fever fuel for some for sure. Nightmare for um, some fever dream for people like me with ADHD. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but no, as, I loved it. As you were talking about the talk of furniture, I remembered we didn't just have a Pee Wee plush doll. We actually had a cherry. Oh, yes. like talking chair. Open his mouth, and I remember, like, it wasn't very functional. It was like you had to really try to open its mouth. There was no like making it talk. It was like everything was going to be in slow motion talk because it took a lot of <laughs> energy, a lot of strength to get that. A lot but of that, little kid strength, right? <laughs> but that was one of the things that I liked so much about it. I think was you know at any given moment, mm. Pee Wee might walk over to the refrigerator and open the door, and now you have this claymation ham and pineapple talking and dancing, or he'll be 
standing there and all of a sudden Terry the pterodactyl or Randy the bully will come down on puppet strings and stuff. It was like you never knew what was going to happen. You didn't know if a cartoon was coming. You didn't know who was about to show up at the playhouse door. You would think that they knew when the mail was coming. Like you think it would be the same point in the show every day. Well, that's when Mr. Window would just go, Hey, Pee-wee, it's Reba the Mail Lady. Right. So come walking in. I just thought of this as you were talking about it, but I'm really surprised that Pee-wee's Playhouse was not either explored or actually got a revival on liquid television. It fits that vibe. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm just surprised that it wasn't like at least talked to Paul Rubens, you know, about, I don't know if that was when Paul Rubens was in his, his trouble, but you know, uh, was, I, I just feel like it would fit right into liquid television. There, in this day and age, in this culture, there would have to be a lot of apologies issued for this, for unfortunately for Ruben's behavior, because that's just that's just the era that we're in now, where everything that you've done in the past is going to be held against you, and there's no way you can improve. That you is are ju- no, you are incorrect, and here is why: because this happened over thirty years ago, and he already did that. He already hit his slump and he's already come back. Like he's still, he's doing mainstream projects like now because he already went through all that. But I'm saying if you try, if you try to revive a kid's show with someone that got, and that's sort of trouble. I'm not going to say he's done his time. He's did his thing. It's to me, it's reminiscent of what was it? The Emmys when they asked um, Kevin Hart, to host the Emmys. I think it was the Emmys or the ESPYs or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but in order to do this, you have to apologize to something right, you said right. 20 years ago. Right. Well, and, and what I'll say is, um, I don't remember the exact year it came out, but it was within the past 10 years. Uh, there was a new Pee Wee movie. Um, it was straight to Netflix. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, I remember. I can't I remember. Watched I watched it. Um, Big Top Pee Wee. No, no, that no. was 88. Um, yeah. Pee Wee's. Holiday, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, or something so, like that. Actually, but it it was it was in line with Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Pee Wee's Big it, Holiday, 2016. There we go. And it was met with pretty high praise. I think had he done that in 1995, hey kids, want to see a six year old man play a child? Like <laughs> if he would have done that when the whole controversy was fresh no it wouldn't no. have flown no. but he's so far removed from it now that i don't think people really hold it against no, him i don't think so either. now if he would have done it recently in the oh, culture yeah. that we're in now oh he would have been ruined Crucified, you, yeah yeah you wouldn't even be able to find peewee's playhouse on shelves on dvd or nothing but i mean because- it had a good run peewee's playhouse had a good run oh yeah five, yeah five, it did. five it years did. five six years we'll, we'll get there we'll get there okay so um dark no, you're good. So in addition to all the cool like actors and puppets and cartoons and stuff, the music for Pee-wee's Playhouse was awesome. Do you guys know some of the people that worked on the music? No, I know Danny Elfman no, did the movie, but and yes. if they were if they were influenced by the movie, then they were influenced by Oingo Boingo. So Oingo Boingo contemporary Devo, oh. Mr. Mark Mothersbaugh. He did uh, a bulk of the music. He uh, Todd Rundgren also did a lot of the music. Now, something, even as a big Pee Wee's Playhouse fan, I did not know this until doing the research for this episode. Do you know 
who sang the theme song. I hold on, I'm thinking. Hold I feel on. like I feel don't like look it. it up. What? Don't Google it. it. I'm, not. I'm not Googling. You hear me typing? No. I try really hard not to listen to anything that comes out of your microphone. Oh, but he's in your ears, <laughs> in your headphones. So it's, it's he's in my ears and in my heart. Oh, yeah, I was somewhere. Yeah, something in your heart. Was it Millie Vanilli? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't sing uh, any. Okay. Either. Okay, so oh, I never wow. I never gave it a second thought, but in the in the credits it says Ellen Shaw. No idea who that is, right? No. Turns out Not it was with. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. It was Cindy Lauper doing a Betty Boop impression. Cool. And that's what turned into the theme song. Cindy Lauper used to be hot. I love Cindy Lauper. Time after time is in my top ten. Probably favorite songs of all time. Fun fact. Do you know who the voice of Betty Boop later played? She was the grandma on Christmas Vacation. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I did hear that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. This is not B is for Betty Boop. <laughs> <laughs> or C for Christmas Vacation. It's true. Um, Which could be its own. Na- I feel like, yeah, National Lampoon should have its own. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Let's see. do that. It'll be a very just adult a, episode. Just a few others um, who who did some music uh, on the show: George S. Clinton, Mr. Funkadelic. Yeah, what and, did he uh, do? I, I I'm not exactly sure. Um, music for the show? Weren't you listening? Right. No, yeah. I got that, but I didn't know like, <laughs> what. Shut up, Sarge. And uh, Dweezil Zappa, Frank Zappa's son. Dweezil. Yes, Dweezil and yeah. Moonbeam. Uh, did his did his and did don't his forget Ahmet. That's right. <laughs> did his parents have a stroke when they were naming kids? No, you Frank... are not familiar with Frank Zappa, no, are you? No, <laughs> nope. Frank. Okay, um, Ahmet and oh, Moonbeam no. are sibling names, but we're not doing Z, Z for, for Zappa. Zappa. It's coming. Uh, My dad is going to be a guest on that one. Okay, this that might be a you and your dad episode. Hey, that'll be that'll be our own. Uh, that'll be a monsters music. Me and my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go on. <laughs> This is a really cool quote from Mark Mothersbaugh. Um, for, for those who don't know, Mark Mothersbaugh was in Devo, but he also did a ton of music for kids' shows. Uh, most notably, he did all the music for Rugrats. Yes. Um, I do know that. But check this out. This is a quote that he gave. He said, Paul Rubens asked me to do Pee Wee's Playhouse, and I had some time, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Pee Wee's Playhouse was really chaotic. They'd send me the tape from New York on Tuesday. I'd watch it Tuesday night. Wednesday, I'd write the music. Thursday, I'd record the music. It'd go out Thursday night to them. They'd have it Friday to cut into the picture. And then Saturday, we're watching it on TV. And it was like really fast. And instead of writing an album once a year, I was writing an album's worth of music once a week. It was really exciting. It was so, a new experience, and it was a different creative process. So he did music for every episode, not like a a song that got played in every episode. Right. He did customized music per episode. Jeez. That's yeah. Insane. His music was the music that you hear when, you know, Pee Wee's walking from one room to the other and when the characters are talking and stuff. That's up there with uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone going two episodes a week with South right. Park. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. So, so two other really famous people who happened to—I don't want to say get their start here, but had 
some some relationship to Pee Wee's Playhouse. Put this out as a question and see if either one of you remember, because this came up on an episode before. Do you know which is for podcast alumni was a production assistant on Pee Wee's Playhouse? I believe that was um, Mr. Rob Zombie. Ding, ding, ding. You yeah. are correct. Yes. Another one that I did not know until doing this research. Are either one of you familiar with the name John Singleton? Yes, but from where? I know. I was like, that name's there, but it's like. It's not there. It's there, yeah. but he, it's not there. <laughs> he was a security guard on Pee Wee's Playhouse who later on became the writer and director of Boys in the Hood. Mm, okay. Are we talking about uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., Boys in the Hood? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Start so. Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> yeah. I do remember Rob Zombie was on the show, and I actually think that that – I don't want to say he got a start there, but I think that, that was how he, like, kind of, like, poked into show business. Like – Kind of like right, he, right. he was getting his, his feet in, you know, getting his run going, and then all of a sudden that was where the car took off. And, you know, to use a Flintstones metaphor. I love Flintstones guidance. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to go and, but okay. And I think that, like, kids who like Pee Wee Herman turn into adults who like Rob Zombie. Like, I think that's a correlation that makes no. sense. No. <laughs> No? I, okay. Okay, I don't... Okay, <laughs> so I want to say, like, not all people that like Rob Zombie liked Pee-wee's Playhouse. And not all people like Pee-wee's Playhouse like Rob Zombie. It's basically a big Venn diagram. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a Venn diagram. It's not a one-to-one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying that people watch Pee-wee's Playhouse like Rob Zombie and turn around and liked ICP at the, at, at the next juncture, you know? Yeah, that this is that, that's a jump. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the juggalos. I mean, come on now. So I like the uh, huggalos. Oh <laughs> God, oh, got some fago. I'll have some fago next yeah. time. We could do an episode on ICP. Yep. I we, mean, I wouldn't listen to it, but we could, somebody but might. we're not going to. Um, uh, Sarge, you brought this up earlier. So the show ran for uh, for five seasons. It it ended in uh, nineteen. The final episode aired on November seventeenth, nineteen ninety. They did forty five total episodes. Um, was it? I feel like it was more than that. I mean, well, okay. So they started doing reruns, and they were going to run, I think, until the end of ninety one or the beginning of ninety two. But that was when Paul Rubens got in trouble. Um, so I know CBS that was in ninety one. What? It was July 91. Okay. So CBS stopped running the reruns. There was never plans to do another season. A, a lot of people thought that like, oh, they were going to do more Then he got in trouble. So they're not going to do anymore. Yeah. That none of that's true. They had already said, okay, we did our show. We're going to be done with it. And, and that was that uh, they, they did stop showing the reruns for a while after that. I, but, I mean, CBS was, I'm air quoting here, milking that cash cow oh, yeah. for as long know? as they could until they realized for that sure. when Paul Rubin was milking his cash cow, that they couldn't do that anymore. What's the podcast equivalent to storming offset? Because that's what I'm going to do. I need to know what terminology I need to use. I apologize for angering you, monster. <laughs> 
We call that I potting. Mean, <laughs> quit potting. It, to grow up and quit potting. I'm pretty sure that's what he was doing in the back of that theater was never mind. Um <laughs> no, like obviously it's hard to have a conversation about Pee-wee and, and Pee-wee's Playhouse and Paul Rubens without that coming up. And I do think it sucks because you know, I mean, as, he was he was known as a children's entertainer. Um, as as much as shit as I give Paul Rubin for what he did, okay, not even not even character of PV. He didn't do it in character. No, he did it outside of character. Did. Okay, hush. God, <laughs> as long as he did the voice, um, you know, he did it outside of character, and that is what he did as 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 Paul Rubin, not PV Herman. So as much crap as I give him, he did his time. He got in trouble. He did his time. He served his punishment. And, you know, life moves on. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Unfortunately, yeah. because he was in the children's genre of television, you know, he got, he kind of got shafted. That sh- should have been a word I should have used. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Yeah. And, and I will say that uh, I agree with you what you said earlier as far as. <laughs> Had it happened at a different juncture in time, it could have been the absolute end of his entire career. But because of when it happened and what he went on to do after that, you know, it, it would be it would be different if Paul Rubens was only known as Pee Wee Herman, like Fred Rogers. He's only Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. He doesn't have anything yeah. else. Well, I, mean, it's, Paul, I, I feel like it kind of you know, hurts Fred Rogers that he used his last name as the character. But, but what I mean to say is Fred Rogers didn't go on to act in rated R films. Right. After Mr. Rogers neighborhood was, I over. mean, Paul Rubin's comeback was blow. Wasn't it? Well, he did a uh, mystery men with, yes, yeah, I, saw him mystery I would not men. call mystery men a comeback of any kind. No. And, and that's another one of those movies that, Hey, you either get it or you don't, and I don't blame you if you don't. I think it's great, but not a lot of so, people do. So, quick fact, fun fact about Mystery Men, because we'll never do a Mystery Men episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dane, come on. Dane Cook was cast as the Waffler. Yes. And, and he was just, like, his agent called him and was like, hey, you got this part. And so he did not know what the Waffler was, and so he put together the entire costume and stopped and bought uh, a uh, waffle iron. And what he didn't know is that the the character was actually the waffler couldn't make a decision. So he would waffle between between decisions, ah! not actually oh. carrying a waffle iron. But they thought it was hilarious, and so they let they let him go forward with it. You, you know, and he I, has one line in the whole film. Yep. <laughs> now, if I remember right. Paul Rubens, Rubens, right? Not Ruben, Rubens. I believe it's plural, Rubens. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, that, that's one of those Mandela effect things. Um, you know, didn't he voice voice a lot of animated uh, TV shows? And I think he was in one of the Call of Duty games uh, as a voice. I don't know. To the Googles, uh, I know he was. I know he's a voice of Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that came up? Yeah. Yep. Finney, uh, see, I think he was. In, I think I remember he played someone in Phineas and Ferb. Uh, I think he played on a. He did some voiceover work in Call of Duty. Oh wow! There's yeah. There's he a was uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. He yeah. was oh, wow. Miller cool. Weiler. 
Yeah, he did. He's done quite a bit of voiceover work. Voiceover work, yeah. So it's not like he was dead, dead. No, sure. It, yeah. So just a couple more things before I wrap it up here. I just wanted to um, give this quote that he gave to Rolling Stone. I, I don't have the date, but I'm assuming this was probably in between when the show was popular and today, you know, probably after the show had run its course. But he said, I'm just trying to illustrate that it's okay to be different. Not that it's good, not that it's bad, but that it's all right. I'm trying to tell kids to have a good time and to encourage them to be creative and to question things. And I think we've talked about this on some other episodes. Kids shows today have a tendency of either being like beat you over the head, educational or mind numbingly dumb and overly politically pushing or yeah some kind of agenda driven sure so where and would I, you put adventure time in those well see adventure time is more like shrek it's not really meant to be educational it's just meant to be funny and there's a tiny twinge of slightly adult humor to it yeah um and i think Wee's playhouse was pretty cool in the sense that on any given episode they could talk about feelings or telling the truth or how to make a snack or whatever. And it never got political. It never got, I, I saw another quote where Ruben said he never wanted the kids to feel like he was talking down to them. He just wanted them to feel like they were in there with him and they were all on the same level having fun. And I think it does. I think, I think it plays well. It's still, I don't want to say that it holds up because I do think it's a little bit dated. I have, I have every episode on DVD. <laughs> oh, it's, it's definitely dated. Like it does not hold up. No. However, it's also sort of timeless because it is so wacky that it doesn't necessarily, oh, this is definitely the eighties or, oh, this is definitely the nineties. It's its own so world. I think the only thing that really dates it is just like the quality of filming that it was because it yes. was obviously yeah. a film. Yeah. So I think that you are right on uh, on the timeless aspect of it's just so bonkers that it'll have that. But at the same time, I don't think that it's timeless to where kids now would get it. I think it lives in a timeless nostalgia sort of deal. I, I will say I've I've let Alex watch a couple episodes and she stares at the TV, um, half fascinated, half horrified. Yeah, I don't I don't think she has any idea what's happening. <laughs> so, okay, I have two thoughts as far as like comparisons to things. So, do you remember in Mrs. Doubtfire after Daniel Hillard was discovered as Mrs. Doubtfire at all? There was a little clip of the kids watching Mrs. Doubtfire on TV. And it was like her show. Anybody? Okay, cool. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so, but have you I'm got, sure it happened. I believe it, you. It did but. happen. But I always, I always felt like that was uh, brought on by or inspired by he was the house. But have you ever seen the show hug or don't hug me? I'm scared. Oh my God. Yeah. So I feel like it was directly pulled <laughs> from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Sarge, have you ever seen that? You need to look that up on YouTube. That is some uh Yes, uh green is not a creative boy. color. I I learned that for that. Um there's actually I, I think three full seasons of that show 
Are you serious? Yes, yes. I a, thought it was just like a couple of shorts. No, no, it's a it's an actual full on show. Ooh, I don't know that I've seen all that. No, I will it, say it's. I could tell you, I've tried to watch it, and I could tell you that you know how like when something is funny, it, it's just kind of like okay, I get it. But then at a certain point, you're like, okay, I'm getting a lot of it. I don't need any more of it. Like yeah. it, it, it kind of runs itself out. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The parts that are, are funny are hilarious. And the fact that it's a show called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, <laughs> I yeah. think is hilarious in itself. It's very British. Uh, well, it, yeah. And I would say also, um, and I, I didn't bring this up earlier, but over the years, different channels and shows have uh re-aired some peewee's playhouse and one that i think is a perfect match is adult swim oh yeah yeah um i think a lot of the kind of vibe of some of the shows on adult swim are directly influenced from peewee's playhouse well, that makes me think um peewee's playhouse would be paired really well with wonder shows I mean, yeah, was, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. It was a great show. It was, I mean, I, of course, I'm putting out things that are much more puppet friendly. Um, well, but, but but then also you got stuff like Tim and Eric, awesome yeah. show. Yeah. Um, Tim and even, Eric, Tim and Eric, awesome show. Good job. Yeah, uh, Eric Andre. Uh, not so much of the like, you know, man on the street kind of stuff, right. but that sense of humor, I, I think, yeah. is kind of correlated. So prior to recording this episode, I was under the impression that Pee Wee's Playhouse was on Netflix, but Danger's telling me that's no longer the case. Yes, and I can say this as of like recording this episode uh, because when uh, when I went uh, upstairs to grab a drink right before we sat down to press record, I the the kids were looking for Pee Wee's Playhouse along with the lady, and they couldn't find it. The only place you could find it was on Amazon Prime. You could buy it for $1.99 a season or an episode. I don't remember which one she said. But, it, yeah, you can't find it anywhere to stream. Well, that's a bummer. I, I, I have them all on DVD. I know you can buy the box sets, and they're pretty cool. What's this um, DVD thing that you're <laughs> So, real quick, just to wrap it up, I, I was going to kind of end this by saying, hey, Go to Netflix, check out these couple of episodes. Maybe, maybe these next couple episodes can be what you spend two dollars a pop on on Amazon Prime. But like I said, you can buy the box sets probably for like twenty bucks or something. But but just a few of my my favorite episodes. There's one called The Restaurant from season one, episode seven, where the bulk of the episode is Pee Wee and Phil Hartman as Captain Carl are playing restaurant. And they're pretending they're at this super fancy restaurant, but the only thing they have to eat is peanut butter jelly sandwiches. And Phil Hartman just gets like increasingly more angry at Pee Wee the whole time. <laughs> okay. It's awesome. There's one called Fire in the Playhouse from season four, episode two. Uh, Randy, the puppet, he's kind of like the, the bully, sort of. He's trying to bake bread. But he wants it done faster, so he cranks up the oven and he sets the playhouse on fire. Um, pretty sure that's where the office got uh, the Ryan burning the office down. From. I feel like I feel like setting a fire to any area is an extreme response. <laughs> uh, just just a couple more that I have a personal love for because they borderline creepy. Um, if 
especially if you're a kid, some of this was a little creepy. Uh, there was one called Playhouse in Outer Space where this alien uh, named uh, Zizzy Baluba was Zizzy basically... Baluba. Yes. He is abducts the playhouse and basically is like, you have to be my friend or else. And it's a really cool episode. The, the moral of the story is, you know, just be yourself. You don't have to force friendships like that. Zizzy Galuba sounds like an old jazz saxophonist. <laughs> it also is the sound that an old jazz saxophonist will make out of his saxophone. As he falls um, down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh two more uh now you see me now you don't which is season one episode four Wee is doing a magic show and he turns himself invisible um at first it's really fun he's like playing pranks and it's really funny or whatever and then he starts to like reality sets in like oh my god i don't want to be invisible forever luckily zombie turns him back to normal uh but but it's a pretty cool kind of episode and then my absolute favorite episode of all time is monster in the playhouse season one episode nine this giant green one-eyed one-legged thing shows up and his mouth is like on the side and he's like blah, 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 blah. and uh it's it's terrifying looking it's so freaking weird looking and Needless to say, everybody in the playhouse is scared to death of it. They don't know what it wants. And so Pee-wee wishes that he could understand him. Turns out his name is Roger, and he's really nice, and he just wanted a sandwich. Um, but it's it's a really, really fun episode about um, not judging a book by its cover, being friends with people that are different than you, and just the character design of Roger the Monster is is awesome. So... So I love That's just a few of Monster's favorite episodes. So I love that a, a show, a, basically an entire media empire was born out of frustration and anger towards Lauren Michaels. Uh, specifically Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I I think a lot of people have anger and frustration with Gilbert Gottfried, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's great that this entire, again, media empire, because, you know, I'm pretty sure there's an album out there, you know. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. I'm pretty sure um, Pee Wee Cuts Rug is something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure, it, just like Kiss, there is a piece of merchandise with Pee Wee Herman on it. That, yeah. Whatever you could possibly want. And, uh, you know, pretty much this whole episode was just an excuse for me to gush about one of my favorite shows as a kid. I think if you're of a certain age... You might feel a lot of nostalgia for this. I don't know. You, you know, me and Danger have had this conversation a lot about things that are fun to go back and revisit, things that hold up, things that don't, things that should just stay back there in our <laughs> in our good feeling memories and just leave them there. Yeah, you don't um, need to revisit everything. But I I will say I think for some kids they could still enjoy this. I think that. It's a little bit wackadoo for a lot of kids, especially if they're used to watching things like Disney Plus, like Paw Patrol and Mickey Mouse Club. You know, Pee Wee's Playhouse might be a little bit too out of their, you know, comfort Paw zone. But, but for some kids, I think this will still work. I really do. When Alex gets a little bit older, we'll try again. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to try one more time. <laughs> yeah, just give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the stuff that Alex likes, you know, eh, 
you know. She loves she loves Vampirina. She loves Hotel Transylvania. She loves stuff that's a little bit weird already. So, you know, probably by the time she's six or seven, Pee Wee's Playhouse might might start to kind of make sense. Right. Yeah. So that's all I got. Okay. All right. That's that's, that's it. <laughs> How would they I got end one more thing, though. On <laughs> I was going to say, there's a couple other things we have to do before we leave, yeah. and I didn't have a segue, so oh, I was waiting so for someone to jump in. I was kind of hoping that while I had computer issues, so for some reason, like, my screen went black, came back, I had to figure out my audio. I couldn't hear you guys, so I was, like, doing this, like, moving my hand, I like, keep it going, keep it going, I was going to sit you out. My notes stuff. have covered up this much of the screen, so I, I didn't see any of that, but that's I sent good. a thing in like the little chat option. We I did have see here. that. So, so if you want to try your hand at podcasting, if you want to do your own episode about your own favorite childhood show like Monster, then go ahead and go to podbean.com slash dangerousard, read the terms and conditions, sign up for a free month. It helps you. It helps us. We can all put out content and make the world a better place do you know what you can find on podbean.com mm. the secret word ah! okay <laughs> i had to put it in somewhere <laughs> thank you thank you speaking of of websites and okay computers. so not only did i enjoy doing that but i enjoyed watching sarge like face palm and frustration <laughs> i loved it I loved it. We didn't even bring up Conky, so thank you for for acknowledging him. Yeah. But speaking of computers, <laughs> what does a baby computer call his father? Data. I wouldn't pronounce it like that, but that's fine. Just steal the joke. Go ahead. You're welcome. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even like I that makes me just think of Star Trek Next Generation. Data, <laughs> not even like go to what it could be. So okay, I actually did try to find dad jokes about Pee Wee Herman. Uh, yeah, I tried for about they, ten seconds and nope. Mm -mm. They they go real dark real quick and real quick down the Paul Rubens rabbit hole. And yeah, so I'm gonna Can go. Can we with, not talk about his rabbit hole? Come on, that's not even what he got in trouble for. I wasn't even. We're not going to talk about what happened in 2010. But, um, all right. How does Darth Vader like his chocolate? Mm. On the dark side. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. What brand of underwear do scientists wear? Kelvin Klein. Mm. Okay. Sarge, you, a uh, uh, monster yeah. just skipped you. I let him have it. It's okay. A little offended here, but it's okay. I saw it. What do you call what do you call a train that sneezes? A chew a chew, chew, a chew train. Yeah, yeah. How do you get over a fear of elevators? You just take some what? steps to avoid them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happens to an egg that laughs too hard? It cracks up. It cracks up. There you go, monster. All right, get ready. This okay. is the one that's going to shut it down right here. Nope, I got one. I got one. I got one too. But okay, okay. I feel like if either one of you said this one, I would walk away. Um, how do cows stay up to date? How? How? Come on. 
they read the moose paper. That was good. That was good. I'm going to walk away from that one. That was good. No, it's not good. Okay, so I'm going to tell a dad joke. It's not so much a call and response like we normally do. So this one, you know, it's it's a little bit of a story. So hang with me. All right. A bear walks into a bar and sits down at the bar and off the bat orders four beers. Bartender kind of gives him a side eye and brings him four beers. Bear just kind of downs him real quick. And then, uh, you know, over the course of maybe 10 minutes, he gets through those four. And then he orders four more beers. And then he, uh, you know, the bartender gives him the beers. And then again, 10 minutes later, he's done with the beers, orders four more beers. So Bears had a fair amount of beers, you know. And so then after he finishes those, he gets up and goes to the bathroom, walks to the bathroom with no problem and comes right back, sits back down. And... Bartender comes over to him and says, hey, can I get you anything else? He says, yeah, um, you know, I'll take four more beers. He said, how about I call you a cab? And Bear was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you've had 12 beers just sitting here and you walk to the bathroom just fine. And you walk back to your seat just fine. This is this is insanity. Is there some help that you need? You know, do you need me to call you a cab? And he said, no, I don't I don't need you to call me a cab. And no, I don't really need help. And he says, I think uh, the bartender said, yeah, I, I, I think you may have a drinking problem. And the bear says, you're right, I may. And the bartender says, why such a big pause? And the, bar- and the bear says, I've had them my entire life. My mother gave them to me. Oh. And that's how you shut it down. What does a Christmas tree and a man oh. with a vasectomy have in common? Damn you, Sarge. <laughs> Christmas tree to vasectomy. Go on. What? The balls are just for show. All right. Oh. All right. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. <laughs> this has been uh, P for Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, before before we go, oh, if you want up? to look us up on uh, the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Danger and Sarge across all of those platforms, uh, please, uh, if you wouldn't mind take an extra minute leave us a five-star review and i know you got a friend that's a Wee herman fan so shoot this up we all got one yeah we all got one yeah monster is ours who's yours <laughs> so uh shoot this episode you know uh if you think of a topic that you'd like us to explore shoot us that in an email dangerousarge at gmail.com you may have to wait for your letter to come around but sarge you got something else yeah you know we 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 do our own social media shout outs for dangerous Sarge, something like that. But there's one person here that is a part of dangerous Sarge. And, 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 and I want you to, I want you to hit him up. If you can go to, uh, he he's at death proof Luke on Twitter, give him a follow, send him some love on Twitter. Please don't. trust me. It, it he needs it. I, I haven't opened Twitter in 10 years. I don't even know how to get into it. Please don't send me anything on Twitter. I will never see it. You can send it to me for him, and I'll make sure he gets it. Facebook and Instagram work just fine. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. And so that's how we clumsily close it. (laughs) So So good at this. Yeah. Yeah. You think after three seasons, we'd be better at this, but no. No, Not even close. Not Not even close. Later, everyone. All right. Bye. Later. It's over. Done.
done. 